Hill. Good, you still have breath. That's excellent. So uh, this is the last session. And it's good for us that this is the last session because we, we have only so much energy. And, and we now are we're running on fumes. It's been a very busy three days. Uh, how many of you have been here the whole time for this? Yeah? Uh, good? You're not doing anything. Was it, was it good? Yes, a nod of heads is generally, yes, this was good. Anybody have a horrible time? And it would be this. Okay, never mind. All right, so we are here. Uh, who are we? I'm Chris Breen, by the way, from Macworld. This, thank you. This is Dan Morin from Macworld. Oh, I get a cheer too. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, this is Dan oh, Franks yeah, from Macworld. Oh, big one down there. Oh, he got an applause too. Serenity Caldwell from Macworld. Hello, everybody. And our fearless leader, the big cheese himself, Jason Snell. I'm, oh, oh, wow. You've got Thank a fan you. I'd like to announce my running for president now. This, okay. this audience is rigged. Apparently so. You get the, the shout out and everything. So the reason we're here, other than the fact that these are really comfortable chairs and we really need to sit down after three, four, or five days of running around, is that this is our opportunity to now look back at the show, what we've seen, what we think of the show. Um, we've been coming to what used to be called Macworld Expo among us probably for the, what, we have 50 years of experience of, of, of expos and now, uh, now Macworld iWorld. Macworld Expo 1974 was particularly good it in was. my recollection. It, yeah, yeah, there's only one booth, but it was fantastic. It was all apples. Um, so, Normally what we do at this time is we say, so what have you seen at the show that's cool? Now, it happens that not all of us could answer that question. How many of us on this panel have actually had any time to be on the show floor because we've been busy doing, uh, we haven't been busy doing other things? So who's been on the show floor and seen stuff? Well, I, I mean, I've seen stuff in, like a, in a blur as I run by. <laughs> right. Well, Dan Frakes. identify it. Dan Frakes, you, your beat is... Uh, is apps and, and app gems and that sort of thing. And you said you also looked at some iOS apps. Now, I know that you can't say what the best is, but could you just call out a couple of things that you, you saw? Um, oh, one thing is do not grab it down here because you blocked the antenna. No, nobody will hear you. You're holding it wrong. I'm holding it wrong? Is that it? Okay. Um, honestly, it is kind of a blur. I, you know, it used to be what? Didn't the expo used to be, what, four or five days in total if you include all, all the, the classes and stuff? And having it on three, it just all goes by in a blur. I mean, it's just, especially for us, who we all we have classes to teach and sessions to give and, and uh, things to do. The, the flip side is I think the floor used to be a lot bigger, though. It is. It is. So it's, it a, little was, more, yeah. it's a little more uh, yeah. concentrated now, which is also difficult in its own way because you don't get as much time to, like, breathing room in right. between looking yeah, at yeah. things. Well, um, <clears throat> rather than individual products, one thing I will say is that there were years when the big complaint about Expo was it's all iPhone cases or iPod cases. Uh, and I ha I'm happy to say that this year that doesn't feel like the case at all. I, I think there are a couple dozen booths dedicated to cases and things like that. But I've seen a lot more Mac accessories this year than it seemed like last year and a lot more interesting things. The other thing is we were talking the other day um, at one of our meetings that instead of cases for the iPad and the iPhone, there were uh, more creative accessories, like thing, places to put mounts for things. People are using um, iPads and iPhones in different places. Um, camera mounts, things to be, do creative stuff. Movie apps. We're seeing a lot more creative uses, I think, 
So even though there's still a lot of accessories out there for iOS devices, there seems to be a lot of different focus now. Yeah, and that seems to fit in more with the, the theme of the show this year. Uh, the people who in, are in charge of the show, one, we had a name change, and, and I think that reflects more what this show is about. It's, it's more about not just the Mac, but it's also about iOS devices, and it isn't just cases. But we're seeing more creative products, like, for example, those, you know, the one, one or two things that I have seen, one of them is that um, is the iPhone mount that, has, that allows you to put lenses on it, 35 millimeter lenses, and I think the product is in the 135 to $160 range or something. Interesting idea, you know, so they sort of move beyond, oh, look, here's another case, and this one has a can opener on it, and this one has a Swiss Army knife on it, and this one glows in the dark. But rather, it's say, okay, well, let's take what we have an existing pretty decent quality camera and really accessorize it in a way that's practical and uh, functional. Instead of like, I think maybe two years ago, you, somebody would have taken a piece of plastic and glued it on the lens and said, oh, fisheye. But now you've got something that seems to be really well machined and, and usable. I can, I can vouch for the fact that the, uh, the iPhone case with the bottle opener on it works, though. Yes. It works great, let me yes, tell you. We use that in, in, in a meeting. We ha if you're wondering how the Macworld Best of Show Awards are formulated, I can't reveal that at this time. However, I will reveal that we did use the iPhone case that has a bottle opener on it as a part of that, that system that we have, the rigorous system of finding Best of Show products. Yes. Okay. Now, Excellent. It worked well. Did. Bottle it did. was opened. Did exactly what it said. Okay. Now, Ren, I know you, that you actually have done sort of like interesting products at the show. You've been doing a lot of talking as well. You've been on stage all over the place. You've been on camera. You've been doing a lot of things. But you have had an opportunity to talk some, to some vendors and, and see some different products. Anything here that you thought, oh, this is interesting, or a trend that you've seen throughout the show? Yeah, I mean, I got a chance to talk to a couple of vendors in between the running around. And then I also had a cool products panel earlier today talking to some vendors and showing them things off. Uh, again, something that I saw at CES and somebody who is showing here as well, there's a pressure sensitive Bluetooth iOS stylus, which again, product that's not exactly a case. Uh, instead, it's something really valuable and really useful for iPad and iPhone users who want to draw and who want to do something more with their iPad rather than just do simple sketches. Uh, there, you know, there there are a couple of stylus manufacturers. I mean, I talk nonstop about styluses because that's you know that's that that's the. Red is I the queen of styluses. The Unintentional queen. Yeah. I started off just wanting one to draw with, and then you're before the only person on our staff who draws. Therefore. Therefore, I am the stylus queen. Yeah. No, I mean the thing that I actually, especially comparing this to CES, it was my first year going to CES, and then comparing it to Expo, and this is my second year at Expo, uh, is that. Every single booth at Macworld, I feel like there's so much care and there's so much intentional, not uh, intentional beauty put into some of these some of these booths and the construction and uh, like ev everything feels like you're walking into sort of a different world and they're really trying to pull you in, whether it's just cases or whether it's something more unique, whether it's you know uh, gymnasts jumping up and down on a giant trampoline in the middle of the show floor. Uh, trying to show off headphones. There's a lot of a lot of different things out on the show floor, and a lot of uh, there's a a video solution that I saw actually just briefly before coming to my first session of the day, where it sub it transmits video out via infrared to your television, kind of like the uh, similar to the Mictivia that we saw last year that was using it via AirPlay, 
except this one, you know, submits audio and video. And I was like, that's really cool. And it's something, you know, just tucked away in the little part of the show floor. And I appreciate that the show is so is compact because you get a chance to to meet with these smaller vendors who may might maybe don't show off at bigger conferences like CES. And the and the fact that the majority of the people on the show floor are consumers rather than people who are buying advertising space or things like that. It, it gives the show a very different feel. Now, what about the, the selection of products and the broader range? Uh, a few years ago, if you went to Macworld Expo and you walked the show floor, you would see specifically a Mac product. So a PC person would walk in here and say, well, I can't use any of this stuff because it's software for the Mac. Or I'm not going to own an iPod because they're not yet compatible with Windows. It seems to me in my dashing through the halls here that we're seeing a, a large selection of products that aren't necessarily Mac or iOS products, but more like wireless technology, uh, trampolines, for example, that can be used by anybody, and, um, and, and tight it's a, it's clothing. It's a PC-only trampoline. That, yes. So is that, is that your observation as well, that we are seeing kind of a, a broader consumer uh, focus in this show more than specifically this is about an Apple product and this is about an Apple product. Well, I'd say very much so. And it's also just the Apple, the way Apple devices are sold and the people who own Apple devices. That's just expanded dramatically in recent years with iOS and with more people than ever buying Mac laptops and Mac desktops. But I mean, the, the products that are on the floor right now, you have your fair share of Mac apps and iOS apps. And obviously, you can't use either of those unless you have a Mac or an iOS device. But there are also, there are a lot of, you know, there are hard drives, which can be used on both platforms. There, there are these mounts that, again, you can use for iOS devices. But there are also, there are cases like uh, a shock absorption mount called the eyeballs that we saw that's designed for pretty much any tablet. Like, it's really, it's expanding more towards, okay, you want to do X with technology. Here are some things that you can do that subject with. This can be used with your iOS device, your Mac, your PC. Your, it's just it's it's about what you're doing and less the technology that you're doing it on. Uh, what about SSD drives? Are we are they showing them here? I want one, but I think I think that's one of the things where people are kind of getting the idea like there is a good reason to have these things. They're coming down in price, so they don't seem quite so exotic. There, there are definitely some storage vendors here, and I think that is is a product that is becoming much more coveted by consumers. Um, it's it's one that's a little tough to show off, I think, in the same way that hard drives are, because you know it's like a box, and it's hard to tell. Especially, it's like, well, this is an SSD, and this is a hard drive, and there are some ways of sort of demonstrating which of what the advantages are, but it's not necessarily like a uh, a super attractive product to show off. Um, but I think there is there is some attention being paid to it. And there are some storage vendors, Western Digital and Seagate and uh, other World Computing, which who are all doing SSD style stuff. And I, I think there's a lot of interest in it because with the popularity of things like the MacBook Air on the Mac side and on the flash memory that gets used in the iPad and the iPhone, yeah, you know, people are really much more used to this idea of uh, giving up their hard drive and getting these speed increases and performance increases. So. I expect to see that more and more, um, and I think this is, you know, we see a little bit of that now, but it's probably only going to increase. Now, I want to ask, uh, how many people here in the audience have an iFan Pass? Okay. Of those, how many of you in the past got conference passes? Okay. I think that's really tough. 
those but, folks watching on the stream, um, well, we maybe had 25 people that had bought these iFan passes, which are $75. Right. And so what this would allow you to do is not only come on the show floor, but you could also get into sessions, what used to be conference sessions, but now and also special events. Of those people, two in the past had bought conference passes. In the past, the conference passes were hundreds of dollars, I think. So let's talk a little bit, because we've been, I think all of us have done sessions as well as, as, as live stage work here. How were your sessions attended and, and kind of the focus of sessions that you you did this year versus how they've been in, in the past? Are the audience, are the one, is the, are the numbers greater? And two, is the level of expertise or, or the kind of person that you get in your sessions different than, the, than it has been in the past? Well, I'd say for the rapid fire session especially, we did a five minute rapid fire talks uh, about an hour and a half of what, 10, 11 people that Dan Warren hosted and Dan Frakes and I both uh, both gave yeah, talks. Yeah, there, uh, there were 11 talks total. Yeah, 11, 11 talks, so about an hour and a half. And even though there are technical difficulties and things like that, that room was packed. And not only was that room packed, but that room was packed by people of all ages. And usually, I mean, you've seen the conference sessions in years past, ages tend to skew a little bit older just because it's, you know, the veteran Mac community. But here, I mean, you saw you saw people in their early 20s. You saw people in their 60s. You saw basically a range of all ages of people who really wanted to learn. And those tech talks, or excuse me, those uh, those five-minute rapid fires, they were on. You know, I did a subject as you know basic as iOS. You know, tips and tricks. And Dan Frakes did more complex things with Launch Bar. And then someone was even going through an Automator workflow. And it's just, I feel it, the range of the range of topics has definitely increased. The range of ages in the people attending them has definitely increased. And I was really impressed that we were able to pack a very large room for these talks and late at night too. You know, 5 p.m. after the trade show had closed. Well, I think I think that might be a key change here too. Is the idea that this is an event that has um, expanded. This is not just a daytime event. You know, you come here and you're here the duration you're here during the day and you're here in the evening and so having that having that rapid fire session happen you know basically five to seven i think that's great because that's extending the day and there are parties at night but there have also been some some show sponsored events at night and i, I think that helps transform this from a, an event that's focused on the hours the trade show floor is open to be something much broader and uh, in terms of sessions that we've done that would before have been behind the kind of expensive conference wall you know we did a session the ask the editor session which is as free form as it gets and we were all there and that that in the past has has garnered a good you know 10 12 people to come and ask us questions about their subscription and things like that and it's we had 80 85 people yeah. and they were asking lots of detailed questions about just you know about apple and products and why things work the way they do and to me that was uh, one of the most dramatic signs that uh, there are more people participating in that, which I think is the goal. I think the goal is to make this event not just I walked around the trade show floor, but I went there and I saw the trade show floor and I went to a bunch of really cool sessions and I saw a guy from The Daily Show and I saw John Gruber and I saw Dan Morin and his circus of five-minute acts and and I had and then I went to a rock concert. I mean that that is a much more holistic kind of kind of experience and and I think MacWorld iWorld wins when it becomes that and not just something that people look at and say, well, it's just a technology trade show and there are some boots. Yeah. And, and in fact, in a lower price, I think, is bringing a, a wide, like rented a lot wider range of attendees. We had like a 14-year-old kid asking us questions about Macworld Magazine at the editor's session. 
um, which we never would have had in the past. But um, <clears throat> to, to go off what Jason said, I, I think last year was sort of a, a feeling, they're kind of putting their feelers out to see what was going to go on without Apple. And it didn't quite feel very whole. And I think this year they said, you know what? Apple's not here. It's a, we're changing, and we need to do something that's going to give this its own personality and its own character. And what they've done is said, this isn't going to be a trade show floor anymore. We're going to have that there, but really we're going to make this an, uh, an experience for Mac users. And it's going to be something where in the past you either had walked the floor looking at products or you spent a lot of money for a conference session. You can spend $75 and you can see the show floor. You can go to concerts. You can see performances from a wide range of things. I think we've got everything from like Sal Segoyan doing um, MIDI guitar playing to the, uh, we had Modest Mouse and Mo this week. We have the uh, drum, the drum line tonight, right? After the show's over. Um, and you can get into all of these conferences that are, which are good conferences for a fraction of the price of before. So the idea is you come and stay for like three days and just experience a bunch of things that run the gamut. Um, and I think they, that was the right way to go. And I think we're seeing the results today. I don't yeah. know if anybody has, uh, I know Ren has been to, to Comic-Con, but I mean, that's the one that I keep using as an example, talking about how when you go to Comic-Con, you buy a pass, and you, you don't buy a floor pass, you buy a pass. And there's a huge trade show floor at Comic-Con, but people don't see Comic-Con as being about the trade show floor. It's, yeah, it's there, and there are lots of panels where there are lots of interesting things happening, and people are waiting in line for hours to get in and see people who are stars of TV shows and things like that. And there are parties, and there are lots of other cultural events. And, it's, and I think doing that for technology and Apple-oriented technology and fans of Apple technology is uh, the right way to go. And that's where I think this event is headed, is, is, and, and great, because I think that's what's going to make it live. The fewer costumes, though. A little uh, bit fewer yeah, costumes yeah. So in, in, some, in some areas. No, what shocks me is reading, you know, a lot of news stories over the past couple of days. They're like, Macworld iWorld is a disappointment, and Macworld iWorld, not what it used to be. And I, I go and I read the stories, and I'm looking at them. You're, you're comparing it to the Consumer Electronics Trade Show. You're comparing it to Macworld of years past. I walked around the floor, you know, the, the few times that I've had to basically bolt from this side of the stage where Macworld Live is all the way to the front and couldn't get through because the aisles were literally mobbed with people. I mean, you guys sitting out here, you, would you say that this trade show floor is dead? You th you, you, would you say that it's definitely, it's bustling and there are interesting things on the floor to see? Because uh, there are lots of nodding heads to those of you online. But it's They all agree with us. Yes, they all agree with Thank us. Thank you, otherwise really. you have to leave. Well, I mean, Apple's not here, right? And, and that, that's a fact, but it, it, at Macworld Expo was never an Apple booth and a keynote and nothing else. It never was that. And it's a different thing now, and I think it has to change. You know, we had two years where it was not, Apple wasn't here and what are we gonna do? And this year was the year of change, of, of saying, it's not the same, it's never gonna be the same, but we're gonna make it something new and different and maybe better than it was and more fun and a better, a place where you say, I'm going there for two or three days and I'm gonna be doing all this stuff, you know, all around the clock. And it's, no, so it's not the same but um, I'm not sure that I don't like it a little bit better. There, there's a sense of the community that you don't get in a lot of other events of this size. And, and, and Jason brought up Comic-Con, but the one that comes to mind for me actually is uh, the Penny Arcade Expo, which is a game, 
it's it's a show sort of hosted by these guys who run a web comic strip, and it's very much in the gaming industry. But there's a sense of community there because all the people are there for a shared love for this particular property. In the same way that I think all the people here are here for a shared love in their products that they use, and so that fosters a kind of sense of community and an interesting sense of everybody that you're going to bump into and talk to. Uh, you, you automatically have something to talk to them about, right? It's not like at CES where it's about, it's so scattershot and so huge that a lot of it is just, you don't know what people are doing there. People are all there to look at different things um, and it's overwhelming. There's a lot of media, there's a lot of trade show professionals. Whereas here, I think, you know, anybody you walk up to, you feel probably pretty confident that you could start a conversation about something on the Mac or on the, uh, the iPhone and be pretty sure that they're going to respond favorably and even you know, engage you in conversation on that. Absolutely. In regard to some of the reporting, I, I've seen some of it too, and, and some of it comes from people who've chosen not to come. And, you know, I sort of think, well, you, you're not really here to observe, so what do you know? And then other people who have come to Expo, for, I think for years and years, who do look at the show floor and say, well, it's, it's not the same because it, it isn't always wall to wall, and it's not. I mean, they, in years past, yes, there would be times you would just have to scrunch up and try to crawl through people's legs to get through the aisle. But the difference is that, and I was asking about the sessions earlier for this reason, last year and, and somewhat the year before when we had the conference tracks, I would go and, and look in some of the session rooms. There would be one that maybe was pretty well full and then others that had 10, 12 people. So there'd be like one big session and people would want to go to that and then there was just dribs and drabs left over. In this case, I haven't found that to be so. So one reason the traffic may not be wall-to-wall -wall all the time is because people are doing other things because they can afford to be. There, so there are also busy times and not busy times, which we never used to have on the show right. floor before. Yeah. And I think it's clearly because people go upstairs and they're in the conference sessions, and then there's a break, and right. then they flood back down here. And in talking to some of the vendors out there, they feel like it's really up and down, that there are quiet moments, and then they're totally... You know, they, they, their booth is completely crowded. Right. And I think that's a learning experience for the people who run this show that, at IDG World Expo, that, that they aren't dealing with the old dynamics anymore. Exactly. They've got multiple rooms that are full of people and the trade show floor, and people are going back and forth yeah. in a way that they never used to do. Right. It's extremely fluid. And like you say, it is a package. So instead of just being, oh, it's just I have an expo floor pass, and that's what I'm going to do, but rather you have the iFan pass, and you can go back and forth. So... Exactly as you say, you do see fluctuations in traffic, but that's based on cool stuff happening somewhere else, not because I don't feel like being here. Um, what's surprising to me, I, as I came up this morning, I think it was about 10 o'clock, and there were people lined up out the door to get in on a Saturday. And, and, that's, and that's, you know, they, we, they started switching back to doing it on Saturday, what, a year or two ago? I think it was last year was the first Saturday. Was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah, and so a lot of people, I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing, well, how, how will that go? Will it, will it open up to people who, you know, have a job and thus can't make it on Thursday and Friday because they need to work? Um, will people bring their kids and stuff like that? And I think last year it was kind of it was kind of middling. It wasn't. Actually, it's been it's been two years because last year was okay. The year right. before the Saturday session was really bad. Right. And our theory at the time was that it was a really nice day the first year, yeah. And, yeah. and nobody wanted to come. And it's then last nice year was a bad too. day, and yes. there were more people. Well, I'll tell you, this place is packed. There was a line out the door, and it's a beautiful day outside. Yeah. So, so I think maybe that know? maybe that you know maybe the word has gotten out, or just people have gotten used to, to saying, oh, it's on Saturday too. I can come in for a day and just. Look around, 
But I think that finally paid off for them. I mean, I think they made a, you know, they, they made a bet about, well, you know, let's open this up to maybe a different crowd. Um, not people who are just like traveling to get here or willing to take time off, but people who just sort of casually want to drop in and say, oh yeah, I'll spend a few bucks for, a, for an exhibit hall pass and walk around and see what there is. Okay, well, a couple of uh, poll questions, which mean absolutely nothing, but I'm just curious. So how many of you did some kind of after-hour event here? All right, did something after. Some and meals, uh, yeah. uh, of you, how many of you are here for the first time? Right, some. Some, yeah, but mostly you're veterans, right? Who's been coming the longest? All of you have been coming here the longest. Okay, so we're going to put money on that, and we'll, we'll decide. This is only my 19th San Francisco Expo, so I'm practically well, he beat a newbie. He's, he's way ahead of me. Yeah. No, we've, I've been at Brooks Hall. That's nothing. Okay. So um, now there's an element that's um, more pervasive this year than I have seen in the past, and that would be the, uh, the couture of, of some of the um, very delicate, Chris. some of the um, very. Uh, female workers in some of the booths. I'm seeing a little, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing a little more uh, what is disparagingly known as booth babe action uh, this year. Yeah, yeah there I, seems to be more of it this year. I think he's right, because I do remember a few years ago it being pretty common, and then we didn't see it for a couple years. And so they're kind of there's like a resurgence now. So what I'm wondering is, didn't last year wasn't there a vendor that hired like Russian models in skimpy yes. clothes and they just wandered around yes. up and down yep. every aisle yes. with like barcodes on their body? Oh, they're still there. They're still yeah. here. They're Instead back. of barcodes, we Good have times. two barcodes. They're back. They yeah. They've been wandering around for the last three years. They, just, they, they can't, can't figure find their way out. They no. can't find. So, political correctness aside, and, and the fact that we disparage this sort of objectification of women, which I think we do. It kind of cuts both ways in that, one, does this signal a resurgence of this show that the fact that people are going, well, yeah, this is a common trade show trick. Let's do, let's go to Macro Lie World and do it. Um, and also you find it in sort of broader range tech shows. In the, I, I think in the past when, when it wasn't happening so much, it's like, well, you know, Mac, Mac users and Apple users, they're above that sort of thing and we can't tempt them with this sort of blatant display, and yet they're back. So is, does that mean we have a broader audience? And they go, yeah, this will totally all, work this it's time. It's all those news. iPhone users. iPhone users? No, I don't know. I, to me, it feels like Macworld iWorld is a family-friendly show, and it bothers me to have so many people wandering around in skimpy. There's, there's one vendor who has people dressed up in skin-tight outfits with QR codes on their rears. And it's like, really? You're going to expect somebody to scan? I just, I, do, I don't, it bothers me that it's, that it's a woman dressed up in this provocative fashion. But even if it was a man in a skin-tight suit, and I don't know who would want to see a man in a skin-tight suit, but still, it's just, it's the, the principle of the thing is we're here to look at interesting products. We're here to converse with people. We're not here to look at eye candy strutting up and down the street. You know, Comic-Con, it's like semi-acceptable because at least you're dressing up in costumes. And you know, if you want to, there was a neat paper monster last year that was interesting. There were people, there was Crossover, which was a, it's a Mac PC, a Windows 
uh, or Mac PC uh, application running software, they had people dressing up basically as famous characters last year, uh, and that was okay. You know, it wasn't it wasn't blatant, it wasn't weird. But the people who were basically just standing around in short cut skirts, uh, basically saying yes come visit our booth with their booth number on their rear. Just It just bothers me. Also, the, it's very hard to read or especially scan things that are on the We won't judge. Come on. Admit, everybody close your eyes. Come on, close your yeah. eyes. And okay, Nobody anybody who did it, raise it. your hand. I, I promise I won't point you out. No? No, Okay, zero. nobody. Well, so Maybe uh, they won't come back then. Well, that I'm kind of saying not effective non-effective way of... Uh, I really. remember the good old days when the only scantily clad people you saw at Macworld Expo were the models on the uh, large format printer output samples. That was, that, was where the, that's, that was where the objectification used to happen. So right. maybe we can get it back there. Back on the posters, back on the monitors and, and not so much on the, on the human beings who are wandering around. Well, the I think HP floor. is over here so we could ask them because they've got the large they could, format. They could help us out. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, We'll Look, see. I mean, it's it, it's marketing, and there are various degrees, and there are lots of things that are more or less kind of uh, icky <laughs> as marketing displays. Um, and, and there's a spectrum, right? I mean, I, I, I agree. I think I don't think it's an endemic problem. Having been to CES a few weeks ago, whew, it, it's it's nothing like that. Right. Um, but. But still, sure, it, 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 I do wonder if it means that there's a whole new breed of companies that have come to Macworld Expo who are pulling out the playbook. And maybe that says something good about the health of the, uh, health of the show. But yes, as a community, perhaps we have to shun them like the Amish might do and <laughs> turn our back on them. And well, you know, sorry, should, should I say Amish? Like the Klingons do when they shun a warrior. There, there is they, no honor in booth babes, Jason. They, uh, exactly. No. Well, it's 2012. We really shouldn't be using human beings for advertisement. I feel like that steps a little bit too close to... Or Klingons. Yeah, or Klingons. <laughs> Just, no, yeah. Okay, so what, ab what about the balance of, of what you've seen here in terms of the, as the show as a package? So there's been a lot of emphasis on the arts. Uh, Bert Monroy and some other digital artists had some displays up on the second floor. Um, there's a music studio, uh, a performance stage on the second floor as well. We've seen drummers on the second. The second floor seems to be where people perform. Um, does that make sense in the show? I mean, we know that a lot of artists gravitate toward Apple products. So does, is that wise? Does, that, does it make sense to move outside that area and talk about film and, and art and music rather, rather than s focusing specifically on technology? Well, I mean, I think that's part of the, the fo new focus of the show, right, is creative... Um, trying to make it more of an experience, but I also think it just it points to the larger trend towards computers being something you use to do things as tools to be creative, to be productive, rather than gadgets in and of themselves that people buy because they like gadgets. I mean, over the last, I'd say, especially the last five years, I think it's become pretty common just for your average Joe on the street to look at a computer as an appliance that they do things with, that they get things done with. And so to change the focus from here's the ways you can trick out your computer and some of the like PC expos where it's all about upgrading your graphics cards and putting more hard drive space into making it more of a, these are the kinds of things you can do with your computer. I think that's, it's just reflecting a broader trend. And I think it's making the show more attractive to the average person rather than the 
the computer geeks like us? Well, I mean, iOS, I'd say by and large, has reduced the fear level for people to enter into the computer industry. Like I knew, I taught at an Apple store for a few years, and a lot of the people that I taught were brand new newbies to the Mac platform. And so many of them came to it being very scared of their computer and very scared about what it could do. And after a couple sessions, they're like, oh, oh, my computer can help me. It could be something that I can do things with. I can make books and I can do, you know, I can make movies and things like that. And iOS, I feel like, has definitely given people even an easier route because, oh, it's just tap on the App Store, download a movie app, great. Something like that, that's fantastic. And I mean, Apple's always been a creative company. You know, it's always been a company for creative professionals. They've always gravitated towards it. And with, with this show, I think it's really, really nice that we have this active display of, oh, you know, maybe you aren't using your iOS device or your Mac for these purposes yet, but look at what people are doing. And it's very, mu it's very much on, yes, this is what we're doing, like you said, Dan Frakes, and not, this is a computer, you can do stuff with it. What stuff? We're not going to tell you. No, here are things you can do. The tools are endless. Well, and of, and of course, music it meshes really well with a show like this, right, where there's something to do, there's no place to go to sit down and listen to some music, and... I think it works really well in a way that there has been some film stuff, um, but not as much. And I think that's harder because you have to get people to come and commit some more time and, you know, go into a dark room and not socialize. Music's very social. Um, I think it is a very big part of, of the Mac platform. And for a lot of users, it's a really big part of it. And notice Apple's always put a huge emphasis on it. GarageBand is such an important application for them. Um, so I think tapping into that creative part is, is a great idea. And I think, frankly, you know, because the idea of the typical trade show is kind of on the decline, right? I mean, I think they've, that, that's had its heyday. And, and there's a reason that Apple pulled out of doing Macworld Expo several years ago is because their point was, well, we feel like we reach a lot of people through our stores and we don't think it's as beneficial for us. And it, it's, it's expensive. It's, it's hard to, you know, get all our stuff together and make an announcement and all of that. And so I think the idea, especially when you can buy so much stuff online these days or go into an Apple store or another tech store, that it's nice to be able to come and see products, but it's not the major appeal of an event like this, where you want to see something that you can't see anywhere else. And that was always the, the thing about it back in the day was, you came here because you could see things you couldn't find anywhere else. And so now it may not be as much about products you can't find anywhere else as it is about the experience or the community or the people that you can't see, you know. You know, you can, you can read Macworld stuff online, but you know, it's an opportunity to come and see us, and aren't we lovely, attractive people? <laughs> and Okay. You had me there. You had me, and then you lost me at and the I, end. And yeah. I lost. Oh, sorry. Because who would really want to come and see us? Uh, yes. Aside no, from you, love. Sometimes my mouth goes faster than my brain. Beautiful, handsome, and intelligent people who are in this audience and watching on the internet right now. Nicely done. Yes. Uh, but no, I agree. I think the cultural stuff, the midway that they did upstairs, it's a first crack at it. I think they're going to learn a lot about it. I think there was some. I think the, the attendees will learn about it. I talked to people early on who didn't realize they could go upstairs and see it even if they didn't have a, an iFan pass. You, you, you can go up there. And, and, and so there, there's an educational uh, element here of just what's this new Macworld like and what, right. what, what do we have access to? But I think it's great and I think that we are a community and we have a culture and that culture goes beyond talking about computers and smartphones and tablets. And um, for this event to be successful, it needs to expand in all of those directions to all the interests. That, that we have, and, and there are people who are interested in technology or maybe a little bit 
on the geekier side than the rest of the universe, you know what? There's an opportunity there to, yeah. to, to cater to them with things. Any place there's an interest group uh, within the, the sort of Apple product using community, this place can be a place you come and meet with the people who think like you do and like the stuff that, same stuff that you do beyond just your Mac. And I think they got to keep doing more because I think it's a great idea and I think this could become a, 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 the perfect event for that sort of thing. Yeah, I think they've set a, a really nice um, foundation for this. In a way, there's almost too much happening at the same time uh, for the number of people that are here. For example, I did two music interviews this year. I, um, two days ago, I interviewed the band Mo, and then today I interviewed a band named Atomic Tom. And we had a huge ballroom, but there were about, I don't know, 200 to 300 people for, for each one. And these are amazing bands. And, but maybe not everybody's heard of them before. Lovely guys to talk to, and they're, and they're all involved in technology. And, and as, as a musician myself, being able to talk to these guys about kind of the geeky stuff they do and how they perform on iOS devices and how viable these devices are was fascinating. And then they play for, you know, an hour or so after that, and just, you know, you're getting like a concert thrown in. But there's so many other things to do at the same time. It's like, well, I don't, I don't have time to see this band that I don't quite know, so I'll check this thing out instead. So I think the greater numbers, then you start to fill in, and then other bands are going, oh, well, gee, they're, you know, not only did they ask us intelligent questions, thank you, but they also, you know, they're getting a good crowd in here, and, the, and at least the bands they were inviting are totally into this stuff. You know, so afterwards, they're walking the show floor, too. I was in the, in the speaker's lounge, and... Al from Mo was asking me a tech question. His Mac, my Mac was broken, and we, you know, we got to kind of geek out over this stuff. And the drummer in the band today and I were geeking out over it as well. So Did you say Al from Mo. Al, is there a Mo from Mo, there or is, is there no Mo? There is no Mo. There's no Mo. No, no Mo but there are five Mo. guys in Mo, but they are not named Mo. None of them are named Mo. None of them are named. Mo. All right. Right. Just, I just need to be clear about that. I, yeah, I just want to be clear about that. So, again, the. There's so much stuff going on, and, and a lot of it is so attractive that um, I hope they'll keep it as is. People will get the word and then start filling out, and then, and when that happens, more vendors come. So, I mean, that's how the economics of all this work. More people here, the more vendors want to come. The more vendors are here, the more people want to come. And I think that, that the management of the show has kind of broken out of that mold, because it's a hard thing to do. So what they're doing is they're sort of backfilling and side-filling by interesting content and making it affordable for people. So that's the attractive. Then the vendors start coming. Then the people who want to come to the show floor and grab bags full of free stuff can do it as well. So I think as a, as a look at the future, I think it, it really looks positive. To Although me. I hate, you know, that, that's my one frustration is there's too much stuff I hate having to choose. You know, I hate looking at the, 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 the conference schedule and saying, oh, there's these two panels I really want to go to. Why do they put them up against each other? Because so it's it's very frustrating, right? You know, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff, and but that's that's just the way the conf that conferences go in general, um, you know. And so it's an embarrassment of riches, right? There's just too many good things and not enough time to see them all. But that's great. I mean, I'd rather that than than a schedule full of stuff that I have no interest in seeing at all. It's a good problem to have, and again, to bring back something like Comic-Con, at Comic-Con there are so many people there. Once you get enough people there, you start to say, well, there are two good things going on. That line's too long. I'll go to this other good thing instead. Everything sort of spreads out and, and everybody finds a good audience. And, and I feel like you know, we're already starting to see that happen 
and people are going to go home after this event and they're going to they're going to say you know that was that was really great because it was more than just the trade show or they're going to be sitting here thinking god next year i want to do more than just the trade show because there's all this other stuff and it's a it's going to be a process right this is in many ways this is year three of the new thing that formerly known as Macworld conference and expo whatever it is after apple left and this year there was a lot of change and i feel like like maybe the show has turned the corner uh, but it's still a long process where people have to start thinking of it in in t completely different terms but i feel like we're in a good going in a good direction Okay, so we've said lots of positive things about the show, and, and we will continue to, but if you could improve the show some way, if you could make a change that you think would, would help next year, what would it be? Um, I think they need to move it in time. I think that um, right after CES and after the holidays makes it very difficult for exhibitors who, who want to go to CES and might not want to do a second trade show immediately after. It makes it difficult for the media who have to travel twice. It makes it difficult for anybody who wants to release a product for the holidays. They don't have a new product here because they already released it. I feel like a different time, although this is the traditional Macworld Expo time, a different time would get the event away from CES. And comparisons to CES aren't really helpful. Plus, it's a different show. But I think, I think that this show would stand out more if it had uh, its own time and wasn't just in the shadow after the holidays and CES had been completed. So that if I had to change one thing, it really would be just do it some other time of the year. Spring, summer, do you, does it matter? Uh, oh, ideally, I think it would be in the fall, right, as we're going into the holiday season. So everybody's got their new products for the, ho the holidays. Right. But I would take, and that's also a good time of year in San Francisco, but I would, I would take, you know, spring or, or summer too, just not, you know, two weeks after, after the Consumer Electronics Show, because you, you can't win that argument. That's brutal. If, if you're going to choose one of those and you're an exhibitor or you're like a distributor from, from South Africa who can come to the U.S. once a year for something, you know, that you're going to not go to Macworld Expo, you're going to go to CES. So you can't, don't even be in that game. Be in a different game at, at a different time, especially for the press and the press coverage, I think th th there's a lot of press coverage that suffers because these are people who have come to CES. Now they come to Macworld Expo, they're tired, they're cranky, and it's not the same. And that is not a bad thing, but just the proximity makes it a harder argument. I, th I think some of the uh, communication in some ways from the, from the management to the attendees, like there are so many great venues and they try to take advantage of them. There's an app, you know, there's schedules online, there's some boards outside, but you know, conferences are always a little bit fluid. Things change. And I think we've seen some, definitely seen some instances this week where something has changed and that has not been properly communicated to the attendees who show up at a, at a room for a session that's not there or just don't know that something's going on that they might be interested in. And I think there is an opportunity there, especially taking advantage of things like this, this iPhone app, since you can say, well, we, we bet a lot of our, tech, our attendees have iPhones, huh? Um, it would be nice if that was a little... Uh, provide a little more functionality, a little more ability to communicate to attendees things that they might be interested in or when there are changes afoot. No? You're just happy. I, you're I tired. Agree. You're I agree. Yeah, we're tired too. I, I agree with Jason. Actually, the time is probably my first choice. Second choice right about now would probably be the name, the Macworld Pipe iWorld. Get, get rid of the pipe at the very yeah. least, right? I, I see something like Macworld Presents iWorld or iWorld by Macworld or I, I don't know, but but the pipe's got to go. They can just do a slash or a dash, too, if they really want to keep right, both right. names. 
Yeah, I it's mean, a question, right? I mean, this is a transitional thing. And I, 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 Macworld, hey, you don't have to tell me. Macworld is a great name that has a lot of meaning to a lot of people. But if you're somebody who is an iPhone or iPad user and maybe isn't a Mac user or maybe doesn't identify, even if they have a Mac, as being part of the, the Mac community uh, the way that those of us who were in the Mac community when Apple was doomed in the, in the 90s uh, feel, feel about it. And so, you know, I understand the challenge of trying to broaden the event. And, and so if they need to do that, so be it. Um, I, I think there will always be a place for Mac stuff at this event. But if they want to change the name or migrate the name, that I, I totally get that. I, uh, you know, uh, using non-standard punctuation to do it maybe not so great I, an idea though. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it, at some point in the next couple of years it is iWorld or iWorld and something else, and then there's a MacWorld section or a MacWorld conference track or something like that. And that's okay as long as the message is that this is this cultural event and that gets maintained. I think uh, it'll be good. And we'll all still call it Macworld Expo anyway, right? I mean, right. Yeah. It's going to be Expo whether we like it or not. It's, just, it's easy to like say. And we like it. And we like it so much. Yeah, I've got to agree with uh, Dan Morin in terms of the you organization. Don't have to. I know, yes, I don't, yes, I don't have to agree Please with Please don't. Morin, but in this case, this specific use case, I actually will. And that the, the organization definitely, like, there, there were some lapses. There were some things that we definitely need to improve for next year, both communication to attendees and then just. Interops. The one thing I think I might change is actually our stage and maybe move our stage to the midway next year as opposed to having it be on the ah. show floor. Because it's nice. It's nice right the here. The sound guy totally loves that. He's going, the sound yeah. guys it love this so idea. Yeah, right. I love that. The sound man is applauding. But, you know, if we're going to expand things beyond the oh, show right. floor and right. we want to have talks that are still more open to people than, say, the inter, you know, the, the conference talks are, it would be nice to put it up on the midway where it's a little bit quieter, where people can see us a little bit better. Yes, and more seats. Yeah, and exactly. Don't I mean? Don't forget this. This whole thing was originally conceived as being the place where people who where the most people who didn't have a conference badge that cost a hundred several hundred dollars could come and get a little flavor of content that they otherwise couldn't get because they didn't buy that expensive badge. Well, the expensive badge is gone. Right. It's now a seventy-five dollar badge. We. It's a different role we we could fulfill. So I think. I, I've never heard that idea before, but I think it's a great idea. I guess we'll have to talk to the uh, the Macworld Expo. I need Macworld Pipe, iWorld people, whoever management. they are. The staff. We'll have to talk to show management about that. But um, I really like that we do this. Yeah. I really, I feel like I was saying earlier, we spent. I mean, Chris, you remember we had had how many different Macworld booths at Macworld Expo? Because you can't not have a Macworld booth at Macworld Expo. Right, and always right in front as you walk in. And you try to figure out what would it do, and it's like you could sell subscriptions, except half the people who came already had subscriptions, or you could we could all just wave as like <laughs> greeters as as they came in. Sit in plastic boxes. Incident incidentally, that was my favorite moment. If I could share a favorite moment today, I was walking down an aisle and someone said, "Here," and they handed me a copy of Macworld magazine. Oh, nice! <laughs> it had uh, the cover article of which is an article. Well, I wrote. By you, <laughs> yes. Like, Thank you, I have one. Yeah. Well, there so was the I, year I, that we were in the fishbowl. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had the fishbowl, and, and we had the, uh, the podcast Multi studio up on a second floor where floors, nobody could yeah, see us. Right. Brilliant. Uh, and I like, I like this, but yeah, there is, maybe we could, now that we're in a world where the, the pass is cheaper, and also where everybody can go up to the second floor, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we could be somewhere a little quieter. Okay, time. we'll put that on our feedback form. And uh, that is all the time we have, not only for this session, but also for the entire 
show. Oh. Um, before we go, I want to thank Jim Hopkins. He's the guy back there. He's the guy. He's the guy who makes all this stuff happen right here, right now. He's, he's just an amazing guy, and he works tirelessly on this stuff. Keep in mind, he did CES before this, so the guy's had a lot on his plate. Also, our tech crew is remarkable. They are amazing. Sound, yeah. video, streaming, everything that happens here, the sound in the room. We used to have a TV back there, and it was... Uh, it exploded. talking. Yeah, I mean, it was just so, so good. So we really appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, and also to Chris and to Serenity, but especially Chris who put this thing together. You guys did a great job lining up. Hours and hours of show material. You know, we don't we don't usually produce the daily, uh, you know, the Today Show or, or, or a network news broadcast or something. And so to do 20 hours of material over three days right. is kind of amazing. And so thanks to you guys for putting it together. You bet. And of course, thank all of you for coming. Uh, we'll see you next year. Yeah, they're shutting us down right now. <laughs> Get out of thanks, the building. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody.